their focus is not on esports right now, but if the gameplay is good enough in arena, there's enough team makeup, class diversity, time to kill is reasonable, and there's the ability to formulate good team tactics in a variety of environments, you're going to see that competition grow by having spectator modes or even the ability for people to host their own tournaments, whether it's a guild or a content creator or just some random person who's like, hey, I've got a ton of whatever to give away. Let's have an arena battle. Um, You're going to start to see that become a thing. And if that is something that grows in popularity, then you're going to see it possibly supported by Intrepid. And I agree 100%. Intrepid needs to do it in a way that doesn't just focus on that sole little thing, but actually makes it like an ashes con type event that happens yearly. And this is where that happens. Bring these players into the event, show the community and what brings people together. His fellow pathfinders were unaware of his endeavors. The Pathfinder had already begun keeping a chronicle of each meeting they had held. Each hardship and adventure had been noted in the pages of the book he had kept their chronicles in, and soon he would share it with them. Soon a much more elaborate story would be theirs, a way to honor their journey together. Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I am your host, Phoenix, also known as Morgan. I am joined today by my returning Pathfinders. Welcome back, Daedalus. Hello, everyone. And of course, Faisal. Um, in Greetings. Killer, <laughs> killer bunny mode, perhaps today, but we'll see. I think we had another iteration of the whole bunny theme. <laughs> last week uh half tilt welcome back buddy hey what's going on everyone hey man so uh indeed today we're discussing a chronicle of sorts the name of the episode something a little bit more than that which we'll get to here in a little bit um before we get too dug in of course we have to give a big shout out to the home of this podcast over at asheshq.com the community curated website for ashes of creation also, a shout out to all the Imperial Flames, which are the supporters here on Twitch, YouTube, and Patreon. Thanks so much, everybody, for keeping this community's flames bolstering greater week after week. Much love to you all, and much love to everyone here in chat who is joining us today. Friends, we do have... <laughs> oh, I contemplated. I shared this with my lady earlier, and she was all giggles over it, too. And... uh I believe her words were, I don't think I've ever quite heard a review like that. And I see her in chat. What up, Mel? <laughs> All I can say is this has got to come from somebody who I have probably played Mobile Legends with because it starts out with bang, bang. This is from Jonathan. Okay, here we go. I'm telling you, Zamorg is a, as cracked as he is jacked. I saw him at a 7-Eleven the other day buying G Fuel and adult diapers. I asked him what the diapers were for, and he said, they contain my full power so I don't completely dump on these people. Then he wrote a bore out the door. Podcast is great, too. Thanks, thanks a lot, Jonathan. Really appreciate that. Um, 
was a very colorful and creative um review but i do appreciate the five star review thanks so much and that comment will, i love it i love it so much i, I figured you might it, it'll go down in history as one of the most unique and dare i say no i dare not okay we're gonna we're gonna move on also you're basically pigeonholed into a boar mount now you know that no i'm not <laughs> no they're just words they don't own me they don't control me <laughs> you guys also you can call into the show at one five three nine six six four six eight zero one. friends you can also drop us a message for our mailbag over at the email ashes pathfinders at gmail.com now i'm really excited to share this clip you all are only going to get it in a little bit in audio format Look for it after the show, post-show on Twitter. If you're in Imperial Flame, you already will find it in the Sacred Hall right now in our Discord, which is discord.gg forward slash simorg, S-I-M-U-R-G-H, friends, home of this community, the podcast, Ashes HQ, all the things, right? We put it all in one place. We got... Ah, hell, I'm so impatient. I'm going to hit this one up first. Come hell or high water, we're doing it. All right, keep your ears peeled, friends. This is the intro that'll be going up on Twitter post-show for the project that I mentioned. Now, I did mention this to some around November, December. And collaboratively, it is underway and it should be done in about a week. So hopefully by next show, you all actually have the opportunity to watch it. And here it is. Ashes Pathfinders do not falter and always stay the course. Dedicated to the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left descender. Join us as we begin to collect our stories in the Ashes Pathfinder Chronicles. That's it, friends. That's the teaser. That's the announcement trailer, which will be a video. It'll look very similar to what you see here. Ashes Pathfinder Chronicles. And it is a uh, spoiler alert. You remember all the way back around episode 91 when we brought on our first Lore Seeker? You know, the Lore Seekers podcast, we got Jibs and Cash. We brought Cash on for that one. And that was when I decided it was time to start dabbling in something a little bit bigger, something. Uh, a little bit mo beta, if you will. <clears throat> and so at that time, you all notice that there's been these little narratives that we start the show off with before we actually get to the introduction of our guests. And each week they change. That narrative ties into this project, and it's a way to honor all the people that contribute to the show, all the times that we have on here. And in a lot of ways, we're chronicling the experiences that we have as this game has been in development, as we've been on this journey along the ride for Ashes of Creation, which currently is a whole lot of waiting. But it's been a journey, and it'll be an even bigger one as we move, move forward. And this is going to be a way to capture our journey and break it up into a little, little bit of like stories. That's all I can really say right now, a bit of a story. You got a little bit of a hint of the story already. So all you have to do is go back to episode 91 all the way up to now to get an idea of what the hell might be going on. That's all I'm going to say. Look for the post show 
uh, Twitter um, announcement and definitely share it with all your friends if you want them to know about what's going on. With that being said, looking for people, talented like artists, people who like to contribute, the creative types, if you will, who might be interested in something related to this project. And also those individuals who might be interested in collaborating on Ashes HQ because things are getting ready to get ramped up over there in the next month. And it's about that time for the invites, friends. So I'm not going to say directly what uh, that's going to be about. You just holler at me if you're interested. In terms of the Pathfinder project, you can hit up East Ruth, which is my uh, collaborator and editor, helps me with my content. You can hit him up or myself specifically if you're interested in the Pathfinder project. And um, this week, you can also on Ashes HQ look forward to the first guide that will be curated in collaboration with Wondering Mists, who has contributed a written uh, guide write-up, and I'll be providing some visuals. And we'll kind of put that together, and that'll be the first curated page by community members that you will see. And the opportunity for others to be part of that is there. So hit us up if interested. Okay, that's all the stuff and things I needed to ramble on about. Let's get into the first topic for today, shall we, friends? We've got this one coming from the forums from Stephen Sharif, creative director, CEO for Ashes of Creation over at Intrepid Studios. And this one's around the uh, shop cosmetics. And it's a quick clarification. So people ask a lot about, you know, how customizable are these cosmetics? Um, what To what degree can we customize them, dye them, et cetera? And he gave some feedback on that. A lot of people also have a hard time, you know, coming into the game late, which we've talked about, like, you know, just part of the nature of things, the journey. Some things are available, cosmetics, et cetera, events at certain periods in time and they don't happen again because that time has passed. And some people are like, oh no, I wish I could have had this or wish I could have had that. True. So this was a bit of a clarification on the diversity of cosmetics, obtaining them and customization related to them. He says, there will not be recolors or material swaps on the monthly cosmetics as a means to populate additional achievements in game by player characters. There will, however, be variants of the cosmetics for NPC populations, including quest givers, guards, merchants, and creatures. Additionally, from an armor standpoint, we cut armor uh, sets up into many different pieces. These pieces can sometimes be used as part of other sets that may include helmets, wrists, gloves, etc. So while you will not see an achievable white version of the Corvid Castigator, set in the uh, game for example you may see its shoulder piece used in another set or its leggings or wrist piece used as another set and not every piece as to form the whole set but perhaps a couple pieces this would be difficult to notice at first glance due to the material texture and color variation used but this modular approach to content creation makes achieving a wide variety of looks achievable for an mmorpg of our size with that being said however the intent behind my approach to these cosmetics, as well as the cosmetics that will be achievable in the game, is to provide a richer experience of visual diversity than we are typically accustomed to in the MMORPGs we have played in the past. There will be legendary cosmetics that are only achievable in-game and players can know uh, won't be offered in some cosmetic shop in the future, undermining their accomplishment. 
as well as for the more casual players, time exclusive purchasable cosmetics for the marketplace. The players who purchase uh, these can rest assured they won't be available again in some sale by the company in the future. He also mentions that, you know, to remember, Ashes is a no box cost game. Uh, it is a subscription only game with optional cosmetic marketplace. These uh, this achieves a few things from a monetization model, having a lower barrier of entry for players to try the game when they don't have to fork out $60 for the box price is good. And our box price is zero. This also places an emphasis on the game's retention and our continual updates and content creation to keep players playing and staying subscribed. A put your money where your mouth is sort of philosophy for us as a company. It also means players don't have to spend $60 every time there's an expansion. Is there an answer that satisfies uh, satisfies everyone. Nope. And that's okay. We're open and transparent with our philosophies of business model. You know what you're getting with ashes. And to me, given my experiences in other games, it's a nice breath of fresh air. Gentlemen, thoughts? I think it's a very thorough and solid answer. Um, I was actually curious if they were going to have like color variants or material variants in the game. Um, just so that people could collect them. It's interesting that they're choosing to kind of split it out, um, you know, and not have all pieces, but maybe some pieces that people can collect to create their own uh, looks. And actually, I, I think that's a really neat idea, especially for people that do like to be creative with, you know, what their character is wearing. So, mm -hmm. yeah, solid answer. Yeah. I really like the answer. I, I I love that they're very to the point. Um, and, and and he's not trying to sweep anything under the rug. He's open and honest about it. Expects mm -hmm. that not everyone's gonna like the answer, but he's honest about it. So you can't be too upset uh, if you don't like it, right? It's right if it's for you, it's not. And it is really nice from an exclusivity standpoint. Like, yes, I came into the game late. There's a few cosmetics in the past. <laughs> I would love to jump on, but I'm okay with not having access to those again because of that exclusivity. Yeah. Um, this this whole thing got actually the community in kind of a mind loop because a lot of the community actually thought that you were unable to get them in the game at all. And I thought myself that you were able to get, in, get yeah. it in the game. And it wasn't really clearly stated before that you weren't able to get it in game or not. Yeah. They only just said that, oh, yeah, like you might. And that's it. But without any clarification around what, yeah, how or why. So everybody just had, had their own idea and thoughts. And with the recent live stream with uh, Mar Margaret uh, tried to come up and clarify things. Um, she did an excellent job by making people understand that, oh, yeah, these cosmetics are limited. But with what Steven wrote to us, it's actually way more detailed. And I think everybody can clearly understand. And it's actually the best way to do it, really, because it helps them in a development standpoint to mm -hmm. like the cosmetics being assets in the game. And it won't really affect other people because it might be even minor. You won't even notice them. Mm -hmm. 
And also to think about the fact that the modular design has been a part of their philosophy since way back, right? I mean, we've seen this yeah. in so many things. And I mean, when you look at even, you know, they talk about their content creation element, you know, in that regard, you think about, I mean, we see this all the time. We see this specifically tying into their cosmetics. People are like, why are they spending so much time working on cosmetics? We've heard that so many times, right? The argument of that over the years. Why are they focusing on cosmetics when they've got a game to make? It's like, homies, this is this is how you, this is part of the deal. It's a it's a two twofold process. They've gone through and outlined how these, uh, you know, the process to actually getting these cosmetics made. But we've also seen multiple variations of how this has come into play with like uh, creatures in the game already. Like the bear is a great example. There's so many different like variations of that. The elder dragons, an example. Have we seen that in the game uh, in action? No. There's a lot of things that we haven't seen in the game in action, but we've seen their their renders. They're done, right? We've seen some of them in motion running around. Some of them we've gotten videos about, um, you know, like the, uh, you know, the really cool, what's, what's it called? The the one that, um, it's like the cat. I forget the name offhand right now, but it was actually a cosmetic. There was a whole video around it. The little, uh, had the, oh, the charger. Yes, the curse. Yes, the curse yeah. charger. Yeah, the floppy ears, damn cute as hell. Yeah. It was great. You know, you see like those things, you see like the Falcon and all these different things, but you know, it ties into all these different elements and the cosmetics, you know, when you think about the modular design, I mean, it translates hundred percent, doesn't it? You know, you see all of these like outfits and these styles. And I mean, you can take, they've talked about the modular design of like component based, like I idea of like how the gear would work, like how you could have a set. And then over time it would like further be elaborated upon by almost like, plugging these different module pieces in and um i remember like a reference when some people had around warframe i think it was mm -hmm. you know people were like worried about that and i was like you know i mean they i think they got a pretty good design for their gear in that game as a result of the modular you know approach and um it's you know i think it seems to me that it's super beneficial for a developer and you know i think it's a quality mm -hmm. thing if the quality's there then like you know don't knock it right that's their domain. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's very right. Psychophobic in chat too. Yeah. I was about yeah. to read that just because cosmetics are being worked on. Doesn't mean the rest of the game is on hold. And as evidence of that, this whole past year, we saw that. I mean, yeah. specifically this past year, we got a huge snapshot of this game. And uh Yeah. I mean, all of the concerns so many people had were just put to rest as a result of that. Or at least they should have been in my mind. But, you know, some people <laughs> haters going to hate. Right. Right. Um, let's see here. Um, we also have the. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot about this. Uh, there was a post. Uh, on one of the YouTube videos that we had. And the post was uh, from Scoop. I'm just going to kind of chat about this one. And this actually ties into something that Half Tilt has uh, kind of been working on. Uh, he did a video recently kind of tying into the esports idea. And this is something if you've been around the show, I've probably revisited at least twice here. And I've chat about in great length. <laughs> Basil, what the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> yes, excellent, excellent. <laughs> Let the bloodshed begin. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just gonna read this. So I, 
you know, he, he really wanted me to kind of chat about this. And this is a good, you know, one of the elements we can tie into talking about things like arenas, um, esports, um, competitive nature of an MMORPG. Um, where is it? Where's drawing the line on that? A positive thing and beneficial for the game versus maybe harmful. Um, where can things be good for the community? Where can they also maybe take away from community? Um, but Scoop said, I really want to see final kill cams. We never get to see those implemented MMOs. Uh, though some sort of peer watching system for PVP sessions would be cool where you could talk to people and chat while watching the players play, but the players wouldn't see the peer chat. So I don't know thoughts. Like, I don't know about a, a kill cam sort of system. Would that, would that be mo better or mo bad to have in an MMORPG? Um, and even so, like what, what type of system similar to that could be beneficial or would we like to see maybe? The idea of a kill cam seems a little weird to me yeah. in an MMO or like a, I think it has to be an instanced PVP, especially like you can't have it in a, in a siege or open world. Um, yeah, that might be a little weird mm -hmm. in an arena though, just due to the combat style of a hack and slash magic casting style game you're probably pretty aware of what's going on and what's happening unless you just get one shotted mm. like in an fps game the idea of a kill cam is like oh somebody just sniped me from across the map or i could have swore you know 99 of the deaths in call of duty are fucking bullshit right so how did this actually happen <laughs> <laughs> and you, it, the kill cam gives you an opportunity <laughs> to see that, but it's still even disabled in certain modes. <laughs> oh, sorry, mm. resonates because that happened to me yesterday. What? Yeah, wait, continue. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I I like the idea of having like a it be a, a spectator sport to like um, to a point, and I think it could definitely live in the game world that way. If you have like a military node. Um, and you've got like almost like a coliseum for gladiatorial combat. I mean, I can totally see that happening. Mm -hmm. The esports thing. I mean, I'm probably gonna maybe just hard pass on that for the time being, at least for initial release, because I, I feel like there's just um, more important world building type of things that you need first before you delve into that realm. Um, but I, I do like the idea of having at least some spectator options to be able to enjoy, um, you know, the PVP aspect in a kind of a controlled environment and still make it not be, um, you know, immersion breaking, mm. if you will. I think that's kind of my initial reaction to Scoop's comment with the kill cam. It's kind of immersion breaking. It just makes me think too much of an FPS versus an MMO. Mm. Not to say, you know, that can't be implemented later. I think mm. there were some comments in chat about like having like a, a spell or an arrow cam might be mm -hmm. really cool to be able to see, but I would say not a priority at the moment, um, but definitely something that might be a good enhancement mm. later on. Yeah. You know, kill cams, man. Ah. I think they work really good in shooters because if you have no idea what happened, you, it gives you an idea of like, okay, well how you died. Like sometimes I, yeah, when you're in an FPS game, like call of duty, you get pop and you're like, wait, what just, like, I just died instantly. And you're like, wait, 
you just want to know what is going on. So like you have an idea of like, you know, how to better your game. So from, from that perspective, yeah, it's, it can help with the learning experience. I think the spectator mode. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of cool. I think that's, that could easily be fitting in an MMORPG, but I still go back to like an arena system. It's gotta be like instance arena system for me, for any of these things to really make sense. Now, what I think, I think is the most realistic approach to maybe some sort of a, a feedback system of sorts in terms of combat would be in an arena sort of style situa situation. I think a death recap scenario is really important. I think that's good to know how you died. Um, that I think would be probably a bit more um, realistic for, especially I think in the earlier iterations of when ashes of creation probably, you know, goes live. Um, something like that would be really cool. Um, you know, but I mean, in terms of like what direction to what, what level can the game, you know, implement new uh, systems and, you know, uh, these different types of features. I mean, that's, that's the question, right? It's a matter of really how well does the game do at launch? You know, I mean, how long does it do post launch? This is the biggest part of what can we see in an MMORPG outside of what they're promising from the beginning, which is already pretty significant. Um, you know, we don't get voice acting and dialogue requests, which, you know, that would be awesome. You know, I'm sure I know somebody who would uh, be interested in contributing to that, like for no charge. I think there's a lot of people, uh, specifically one person, two, three. Sorry, <laughs> Daedalus, you just got to raise the hammer, bro, and at least just. <laughs> no? Your head shaking? Uh -huh. Is that a... <laughs> so there's plenty of people that would be happy to help. But there's also like a lot of people uh, that genuinely would actually, I think, really like to see that in the game. And I think that's one of those things that at launch we probably wouldn't see. But maybe post-launch at some point if the game's thriving, you know, not just meeting the marker of what it needs to sustain itself, but right. thriving with additional revenue and things upon, you know, things like that. I mean, it's there's no reason that they, they couldn't go back and potentially add something like that over time. Um, mm -hmm. Anyway... This is something. So, you know, I was running around with in a game with a certain somebody I know um, that might be in chat talking about it right now. Um, <laughs> you know, and like quite literally, you're running around in games and you think about looting systems. We've talked about like mm, loot thresholds and the types of looting systems in terms of like, uh, you know, need or greed, uh, master looter, but you know, things like auto looting. Um, looting sometimes like i think meaningful looting too is like even another thing because you you know you'll have like everything that you kill that'll end up dropping loot and you've got to go loot everything and walk from one to the next to the next to the next i think one of the features that's been implemented over time has been uh auto loot systems right um but i know a certain somebody who might be in chat who's like I'd love my pet to loot. I mean, that'd be pretty cool. We talk about how like mounts and pets could potentially be useful. We know that you'll have some combat features to, you know, like your mount in game. Um, and we've way back in the day even talked about this. Um, and that was essentially uh, your pets being able to, you know, be combat pets. And it wouldn't be a stretch since they're already planning on like, you know, adding that in with mounts and things. But, um, 
how useful is is like meaningful and worth the work for the developer to bring something like that to the community is that even something you all would really care to see or we all everybody listening and watching i think it would be a neat aspect to have pets be able to auto loot but i think you would have to restrict heavily what they can auto loot like diablo 3 for example you can have a pet follow you around and it picks up all the gold that drops none of the materials no items mm -hmm. so if you're out in the world farming your pet could maybe go around and pick up those monster certificates since we're not going to have gold dropping and mm -hmm. they can collect those items but if there's anything else on the monsters maybe they have a little sparkly effect or something to let you know that there's something mm -hmm. worth running over and looking at mm -hmm. I have a little hit on hit on this from chat real quick. I know Dayless, um, give me one second. Holy crap. Uh, yeah, so Psychophobic said in SWOTOR, and I forgot all about this, and I played it real early in the game, man, where your combat companions could loot for you. I believe Black Desert also has cosmetic pets to do the same, right? Interesting. But Dayless? Yeah, I was actually going to mention uh, SWOTOR. I recall that as well. I mean, and I agree with Half Tilt. I think it should be, you know, if it is an option, it should be limited especially when you have like resource scarcity being kind of a, a big deal right in the game being able to kind of you know easy mode you know kill things and then have like a pet looted i think would would border on i don't want to exploitive per se but it would border on kind of making things uneven if you didn't have that type of pet so mm. uh, i would i would tend to agree um there um uh, it would be a cool feature, but you know you do have to think through how that would interact with the rest of the game systems and and whether or not that would imbalance a player in kind of one way versus the other. Yeah, hmm. I can't really be with you or against you because the core fundamental of looting has has not been decided. Yeah, because if if you if you're saying that let's say I'm killing a, uh, a mob and like all of the NPCs die and I go loot one creature and I get to loot everything. What's the difference from that to having a pet that just collects it for me? Yeah. If I'm going to collect it by each NPC, that's going to be very tedious. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people would like that. <laughs> yeah. um, not from a pro standpoint, this has nothing to do with gameplay at this point because it's just looting at the end yeah. of the day. And oh, did we just lose Phasal? Yeah, Phasal might have frozen. <laughs> oh no! Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna try to change our server if it if we have an issue with it. But all right, so let's see. Let's talk about this one. You have any other thoughts about looting systems or anything, anybody? Before we kind of move on no i'm, I'm not really no all right perfect so uh delivering a meaningful feeling of fantasy now we're going to tie this into the esports thing in a little bit here okay but we, let's talk about this other kind of pillar if you will meaningful feeling of fantasy in a in a massively multiplayer experience um how can you keep fantasy Feel, that fantasy feel meaningful 
when you have things like an esport element thoughts i think that's my biggest concern with the focus on esports it kind of takes the the soul of what this game can be you know what yeah. i think a lot of people that are fans want it to be um and it and it again right this is going to be probably a divisive opinion but i think it cheapens it in a way um and turns it into just like a competitive i guess a competitive community versus the community building and the protagonism and the antagonism that i think would give the community soul if that makes sense um mm -hmm. and like and i i'm not against esports at all right i mean i think those are exciting it's really cool to be able to kind of see that i mean esports kind of i would expect right gives people that watch it the same thrill as watching actual sports right you're you're wanting to see somebody somebody's skill or two very strong teams compete against each other and i think that's definitely it has its own i guess compartment in the gaming community i i'm not sure that ashes of creation really fits in that lane at least i don't see it right now i see it more of you know us taking you know having an identity with where we've pledged our citizenship our identity for our server and there's going to be that antagonism and protagonism there right community building there and i i think that's really where i feel like the game should focus its systems whereas having some sort of esports function really would to me shift be a paradigm shift from what um the initial vision of the the game was at least from my perspective all right gentlemen pause for a moment i'm gonna switch servers we got him back wow. friends cool my router decided to kapoof. <laughs> yeah, figured so. It's okay. It's okay, man. We we left your um still up because it was good. You were kind of like, I'm going to say something. <laughs> and you were just like this. You're like. And I was nice. like, yes, Faisal, please continue. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Wait, let's just enjoy the view for a moment. Watch him in quiet contemplation. Oh, he's actually not here. Okay. So anyway, we're talking about esports, and you know the the thing is is when you've got any part of the game where um there's a ranking system, and we already know that caravans, for example, are gonna have that so any 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 part of the game that has a ranking system, you're gonna have people that will create esports events around it. They might do it seasonally, they might do it over that you know course of time, they might do it in a week. People will put together esports events hundred percent it's gonna happen, right. Honestly, yeah. I'll probably put some together. Just saying. I One of my things to do back in the day was like get people to duel in ESO. And I would just take people in the community and I'd be like, all right, Sunday we're going to have our you know tournament and people are going to you know get together and we're going to duel and we're going to basically, you know, a tier kind of list all the way, you know, like you do see in esports. Like these people duke it out. The winners move forward. The winners move forward, and et cetera, et cetera, until you get to the end. And then I, you know, give people a reward for the people that actually made it to the end. The first, second, third sort of stuff, you know, like that. So people are going to do this. So you're going to have esports, but esports that are part of, or or actually um, supported by Intrepid Studios, is kind of like the bigger 
the bigger piece I think of when I think of esports, where they're like, all right, because BlizzCon every year they have the arena championships, right? For me, when I think of esports, I think of that. Would do I personally want to see esports uh, as part of the game? Yes. But for me, I would want to draw the line specifically around instanced sort of like arena style combat and not have it tie into any of the other systems, especially like dungeons and raids and things like that. People are going to do this world first sort of stuff. But, you know, one thing with with World of Warcraft that I was like not really glad about seeing was was actually the mythics kind of go into BlizzCon. And then it was like it started to feel like BlizzCon itself was more and more about esports and less about the community experience. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's where I'd want to make sure the line was drawn. Like maybe, maybe, you know, have esports, but really kind of isolate it to something like PVP and try not to let it overlap into too many areas of the game. Cause then I do truly think that it takes a bit away from community. Does it also foster community for sure? Right. Because I, hell yeah, I get together and um, I'm going to be announcing some stuff in chat here because we got a whole bunch of love today, friends. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna finish my thought. My thought is is that esports I think can be great for the community, but they can also be uh, they can also negatively impact it if you have a heavy focus on the esports element, and it starts to take away from the greater community that might you know uh, you know kind of like gather around that one element or around the game as a whole. Um, that's just my thoughts. But let me pause real quick. Coffee drinker, thanks for the 500 bits. Brown rice, buddy, thanks for the 10 gifted subs plus the one uh, gifted to Faisal here. Um, also, coffee for the five earlier and psychophobic for the resub. Really appreciate the eight months, buddy. Thank you so much, everybody, for the support. Gentlemen, and everybody watching or listening, thoughts around esports. What are the do's and don'ts for you? What would you be cool with? Where would you want to see the line drawn? Um. I would say a, one thing that I saw in chat that I think was uh, summarized in kind of my point of view uh, is Troll Tolls said, I would stay away from esports, let the players make their own competitive organization. Player agency is what it's all about. That would be where I would draw the line. Um, I totally, and I think you said it also, Sim, right? You know, anything that's intrepid sponsored, unless it's like an in game event, right? That it's something that, you know, again like an arena that's part of a military node or something like that i just want the world building to be part of that yeah um you know and, and mm -hmm. as opposed to it being kind of like a separate almost kind of businessy you know revenue generating -y type of thing mm -hmm. i want it to be a community building type of thing so i'm not against esports at all um i just think it just has there has to be some context and there has to be a placement in the game world that makes sense versus it being something that's disconnected, which is kind of how I feel about those um, events that Blizzard puts on is they're kind of disconnected. They're really just focusing on players and skill. Again, not a bad thing, right? but it's, it's not to me as much important in those games as it is mm -hmm. in Ashes to have that community and player agency aspect um, and, and having that interaction be priority. Mm -hmm. hmm. um, I actually agree a lot with Daedalus and I wanted, okay, this is, this is what my ideal scenario would be. It's basically an arena thing that is 
five versus five, or uh, they could tweak with the numbers, but a small number of players, um, and they would have their multiple competitions to see who comes up top. And at the very end of it, they would have a big feast inside the cat, like in in their metropolis or city or uh, uh, small town, uh, to to have this grand celebration, depending on where these people actually came from because they are tied to as citizens of a, of a, uh, of a node. So they would have a big celebration. So it ties everybody in the community to celebrate with them and their victories. And I would really dislike if it was, uh, if these competitions were made for dungeons or uh, sieges, just because people will insist on having uh, negative things like DPS meters, Etc. 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 Just to check their damage, just because the nature of the competition of becoming on top. Um, so that's that's the ideal scenario that I would like. <laughs> Dude, I gotta I gotta read this, man. Coffee drinker and chat. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna have fun with this one, right? Sorry, I phased out. All I thought it was was PK Sim, PK Sim. Hey. Look, just remember something, Coffee, and I say this from a place of absolute love and, and adoration. <laughs> remember, you you contemplate if I use a bot to kill people in Paladins when I play, which I don't, and I never would. I, I'm not saying I'm good. I'm just saying you made that reflection. So do you really want to try to PK me? <laughs> but child uh, level good no 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 look this is this is the only thing that i'm gonna tell the coffee drinker oh. is that you have steven on your side oh this is so ridiculous <laughs> man i was literally thinking that i'm like uh, when, when the sandal comes down be there to watch it and document it that's it <laughs> Oh, I'm not actually afraid, but I feel like the more that people bring this up, the more I'm like, oh, shit, is that going to happen? You know, <laughs> there's a part of me that's kind of like, oh, man, you think they'll do it? I wouldn't put it past him. I I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, we should probably have some ground rules, like maybe like a, a 10 yard, you know, area where we're just like standing aside just in case. <laughs> <laughs> there's a sandal that comes it's down we just don't get on me. yeah yeah no no collateral damage people make good choices everybody gets a momentary oh, a momentary map that shows up the radius of of the the damage so people can get away <laughs> why is everybody standing so far apart no reason guys you can come closer I swear the light won't be that blinding <laughs> nope uh, Smash, squish, just like grape. Solar flare ability and bam. Look, I don't think I don't think my gameplay in the game matters that much to Steven. <laughs> so I think I'm safe. Although if it were to ever happen, I'd be like, oh no way. Yeah. I don't ninja loot either. Just saying. Okay, so when we talk about we talk about meaningful, right? I, I look, I, I really do love esports. I, I love, I'm a sweaty tryhard with PvP and MMORPG. I love it. I love it, dude. 
the fact that we I go back to the no stun locking element, you know, being in this is like, oh, I'm so excited. I'm so, 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 so excited. Like I'm 100 percent going to be putting together. <clears throat> I don't ninja loot. There were no loot rules set for the mob. That's a fact. Back on point. I love being a sweaty tryhard when it comes to PvP. And I love putting together little events where people can duke it out. And it's just good, man. Especially if you play against somebody that's like more, you know, has like more skill than you or is of equal skill. Like to me, those are the best fights in the game, man. Like that to me is personally where I think I'm growing as a competitor mm -hmm. or as a player. I'm learning to hone my skills even more. I'm learning to like theory craft better. It makes me think, you know, and you know that that's the thing when you when you just get taken out like that in an arena or in a, any game, what for what whatever reason, I don't really feel like there's as much opportunity to learn and grow. So, you know, that's that's why I'm such a big proponent of, of no stun locking and, you know, making it more about cooldowns and things of that nature. And it's also why I like arenas, because people can say like pe people say it's not for me, um, but honest, like honest, honest facts here when I've played MMORPGs fully and I've dedicated them, like dedicated them so hardcore um, and World of Warcraft was one of them. SWOTOR was another one. Um, and people are like, I don't have a use for PVP or arenas. I'm like, I, I disagree. Like for me as a player, when I'm honing my skill in PVP in a one-on-one -on -one situation, I genuinely feel that makes me a better player for PVE raid content when I'm being competitive. 100%. I have to be more mm -hmm. mindful of my C, you know, my CDs, uh, cooldowns. I have to be mindful of my environment. I have to be mindful of all the things. I I've got to understand what the other player, based on their archetype, is capable of, and and know all these things. And that trains me to be able to do the same thing in a raid, right? As I get to an encounter and I a particular mob or NPC in there's you know attacking me, and this is vital to Ashes, isn't it? Because this isn't a game where you've got dps meters and you don't have all these add-ons you've got to learn through your experience based on what this mob is what this boss is based on the group type based on the difficulty level how far have i progressed in here with my group all these things are super vital and uh yeah i i would be for me personally i think it would be a shame um to not have an arena system in ashes um but i don't think there needs to be like some massive like let's make it all about esports and let's make it all about as many different instance sort of things because then you kind of take away from the open world element which is what makes it you know so great kind of get to the point where i can queue for things you know which is people would probably i think be a little mixed on that one um yeah and uh to my lady in chat i've never won a duel you will soon you will <laughs> so yeah I have a few thoughts sure. on it. Uh, I, personally, I'm not like super pro or super con yeah. for esports. Um, I, I, I like PVE as an esport in this game. I really don't think it's going to be a thing. I think it'll keep with the fantasy element by not having D DPS meters, by not having all these add-ons. That kind of keeps into that fantasy element and not yeah. making it all about the numbers. But because all the servers are going to be building up differently, have different access to different things, you will not be able to really schedule a, a true esport of, around it from the game as a whole. It might be server based. Yeah. So you have to kind of think something a little bit more instance. Mm -hmm. And the only thing we're going to have in that realm is really going to be arenas. Yeah. And I agree that should be the only thing. It's an 
aspect game when you queue up too many instances it takes too many people out of the game world that's a problem yeah so it becomes an arena thing now arenas i've heard so many different people's opinions some people want no interest in it some people think it's just a practice place to go in and practice your class in a pvp environment it's not competitive for them but there's always going to be people that make it competitive there's a ladder system involved there's a ranking system involved it breeds competition whether or not you choose to do that or not that's up to you um i think that has the ability to become an esport but that's going to be player driven to get that going intrepid will not be doing that steven um, said something during a 2018 live stream i'll quote if we make the gameplay compelling competitive and fun then naturally it will move in that direction and then we will find the ability to support it afterwards absolutely end quote so their focus is not on esports right now but if the gameplay is good enough in arena there's enough team makeup class diversity time to kill is reasonable and there's the ability to formulate good team tactics in a variety of environments you're going to see that competition grow by having spectator modes or even the ability for people to host their own tournaments whether it's a guild or a content creator or just some random person who's like hey i've got a ton of whatever to give away let's have an arena battle um you're going to start to see that become a thing. And if that is something that grows in popularity, then you're going to see it possibly supported by Intrepid. And I agree 100%. Intrepid needs to do it in a way that doesn't just focus on that sole little thing, but actually makes it like an Ashes Con type yeah. event that happens yearly. And this is where that happens. Bring these players oh, yeah. into the event, show the community and what brings people together. And, you know, it has to be done in that way. Um, we, we might see something like tavern games, even like if, if there if there's that card game, yes. look at what Gwent has become. Yes. Gwent has become its own separate thing. Hell yeah. That could become a takeoff in the Ashes franchise that they want to do down the road. But yes, this is all stuff way down the road. And assuming that we as players avenue that we, we drive that. But yeah. please don't make it like Hearthstone. Hearthstone has way too many expansions and you uh, can't keep up with the game. No pay to win. Dude, no pay yes. to win. Dude, Jesus. oh, dude, I've talked about this. Dude, I think that a really great model for card games, you know what I mean? Or tavern games that could be representative of something similar to how we see card games in like Hearthstone or Gwent or whatever. I love Gwent the most, and I'm going to say why. It's because it's a game in the game that got ported out into its own game that you could play True. and i love that and it's it's so like possible that there could be a tavern game that got ported out like that that people could play separately and i think where card games in my opinion i see it as a failing and why i am not willing to contribute and play them is because if, if they took the philosophy they have with the uh the mmorpg and it was like you pay a subscription model for the month or you know you just pay for uh, this you know season or expansion but the important thing is like that what is bought doesn't outperform what's already in the game it's just more thematic maybe right you get more you know visuals or like rp to it or whatever but it doesn't take away from a player's skill because like it's locked behind a paywall and that to me mm. i feel like is kind of 
the pay to win element that you kind of see. It's like, if I don't buy this, I don't have access to these cards. And if I don't have access to these cards, I can't stomp everybody else. Like everybody else is doing to me, you know, like crafting systems around cards is pretty cool. I don't, I don't think, is there even a card game that's actually got like a, a subscription model? No, I don't think. Uh, I, can't, I can think of I can't most either. of them are just buy packs or right. buy bulk packs. Yeah. And yeah. Just mill cards until you get the ones that you need. Yeah. Pretty much. But, you know, subscription model, no box cost. I mean, that, you know, if it works really well and, and Ashes thrives, then, I mean, what's to say that that's not a, a good business model for another game where you have the same philosophy underlying, right? I, I would love to see an Ashcon where you go to Ashcon and it's like, you know, all the stuff I want. I would love there. I don't like a lot of launchers, but I'd rock an Intrepid launcher if it had a bunch of Ash as a Creation Universe games like Heroes of the Storm is on the, you know, the Blizzard one. You've got... I mean, there's a bunch of other stuff there now, too, but it was cool because you had all the games by this in this universe or by this company right there. And that was the thing that was cool when you were, you know, when I was dedicated Blizzard fan, like I went to Blizzard's uh, BlizzCon and it was like all the games I love playing were right there. And that was that was cool, man, especially when they were in the same universe. Um, It was just a, it was a good time. And I'm super. Like pro. And Ashcon and like having multiple games in the franchise that could ded dedicate to. And the reason that I'm personally really excited about that is because I think Steven and the team have what it takes to take the vision that they have for Ashes and duplicate that across other games. And I feel like that's how you really do the community right, uh, in my opinion. That's how you keep the game honest, your business model honest, um, and not exploitive of, dare I say, a person's coin purse. Yeah, nostalgia bait and all that jazz. Mm -hmm. That's <sighs> what would make Ashes Con such a cool mm -hmm. community-driven event. Yeah. Even if it's not just like announce your what you've got planned and upcoming for the year, build hype and anticipation that way, and then just make it about everything that you've built up to this point that your community has built. That celebrate that have competition within that there's nothing wrong with healthy competition in that really really puts eyes and well sponsorships and money into the yeah. company Oof. this comment in chat too from uh artillery travel the world collecting cards oh man they've already had the approach too with apoc remember apoc was like you know you're in stuff here you've got it over there that crossing over between games i mean that's like super awesome um this one right here, I'm going to read from Gruntag. Uh, I like the idea that was mentioned of arenas being in specific uh, nodes, militaristic. I'm like, wow, where you can sign up from anywhere and teleport to the instanced arena from anywhere. Uh, you would have to actually travel to said arena and hang out there for the arena or tournament event. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I dig that. Yeah, I, I, I want to tie that in, too, because I really like that but tie that into something Wizzy said earlier in chat about having like a spectator mode based in, in militaristic nodes or based on node size. But what if there was a building that your mayor had to no. petition to get built? That's like a Coliseum or arena. And as that grows, you can allow for more spectators and you need to have one of those in your node in order to host arena events. Oh, I love that. True. Yeah. <laughs> then are you a good yeah. leader if you don't have that because the people want it? exactly right i mean make it organic yeah make it organic part an organic part of a gameplay and a part of the game systems 
yeah. as opposed to being something that's kind of like tacked on. Yeah, I think these are all great ideas to again make the you know world of Vera living and breathing. Yes, it keeps that fantasy element in there and keeps it immersive that way. I really feel like because if yes. you want no part of that, you don't have to be a part of a military mm-hmm. node. You can go do something completely different, and that doesn't affect your gameplay in the mm-hmm. least. Don't have right. to travel to one for the event. Don't have to travel to one for the. Uh, Coliseum, if you will, none of that stuff. You know, you you could have non-citizens come in and sign up for the event. You get like these crazy trains of guilds just approaching the city during tournament time, like some like medieval (laughs) hierarchy coming through or something. Like it'd be really cool. Yeah, or you know, like they and that's like another way to like have you know bring revenue into your node specific to that node type and player agency, the big one. Right. Meaningful conflict ties into it. Oh, well, you don't want to get us this thing. We want this. We, the people have spoken. You can't be the leader anymore. We're going to make that happen. And then during that free for all tournament for your new mayor <laughs> in, in your militaristic note, everyone just gangs up on you first. <laughs> first, get you out of the fight and we'll see who rises out of the rest of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. Man, let me tell you. There's another one here. We'll, we'll kind of talk. I'm going to try to get through these other two so we can kind of clean this a bit. Because next time we have our show, y'all, you know, it'll be on the 31st of January, which will be after the Intrepid live stream, which, by the way, let's make a note on that one real quick. Submissions for that live stream are due by the 28th of January at 11 a.m. PST. Okay. And the live stream is the following day on January 29th at 11 a.m. PST. So in regular fashion and format, you know, here on this channel, we always do a post-show discussion. We've done it for, I don't know, over a year now where we get together, we hang out, we chat. Beautiful thing about that, friends, is we get together after the show. The, the live stream is done. We chat about the live stream. We reflect on it. We, I gather questions. And we take those questions. We talk about those here on the show. We take some of those thoughts, take the things contributed by you in the community, and we have a discussion around that. And that'll be for our 31st of January show that we'll be doing that, which will be episode 111. I know. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but here's uh, here are some of our questions. I'll leave that up there a little longer. So remember to be there or be, you know, square. Battle tactics. She, yeah. What's, what? Yeah, she. Nothing. <laughs> uh, you got battle tactics for caravans. This was brought up by Gruntag this week, or ships, perhaps. Ideas around battle tactics for caravans. Uh, I mean, thoughts on that. We have a Tuesday conversation here on this channel. That we're going to be could invest in, in investing some time in. So I think I'm going to probably shelf that one. But I I wanted to raise it here because I wanted to see if any of you had some thoughts because you know. Might be taking some of that and putting it to the putting it to the table on Tuesday, but battle tactics for caravans or ships. I mean, foreseeable battle tactics. It's tough for me to really. I can theorize how I, you know, based on you sign up to defend a caravan as it's going along. You're there. You might choose to, if it gets in conflict, jump into the fight, defend it or attack it. Um, the flagging system's a part of that. But I think until we really see the more evolved caravan system and what that really looks like in terms of how long is a typical caravan run, um, how many people tend to 
be there operating one? Um, you know, how does attacking it work? How is the hard things distributed? Um, how, what's the, the kill time essentially for taking a caravan out based on how many people you have? It's really tough for me to conceptualize or theorize around that. But outside of battle tactics, the thing I want to have more conversation around is the importance of people that actually lead. I think this is a really big element for guilds to really not miss out on here, uh, an opportunity for guilds to not miss out on. I think it's really important. You've got somebody who's probably going to be dedicated to caravan initiatives. It's something that we've been talking about in Virtue for a little while now, um, the Spirits and myself. And it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely something I want to chat about some more in the future and have some conversation around because I see leadership roles, you know, for guild leadership specific to things like caravans. I mean, this is a huge component to trade, ties into quartermasters. I think that your um, your sailors or your your naval, um, you know, those who, who endeavor to kind of really focus on naval content. I think that's probably also another one, especially when you think about that also being caravans to some degree. Um, or whatever the other naval content's going to be. Um, but yeah, do you guys have any thoughts around that in terms of like battle tactics for caravans or ships? I mean, I, have, I think, oh, go ahead, Captain. I, I have one, one, one wish when it comes to caravan tactics. Yes. And it's that whether you do this as a, a castle owning guild or just as a guild that has is moving a large amount of goods or a very valuable amount of goods to the ability to launch like four five six caravans within like a 10 or 15 second interval and just have them go off in different directions like in those heist movies when you see they rob the bank and all the loots like just stashed away in this inconspicuous thing but everybody thinks it's in one of these vans and then all of a sudden there's 10 of the vans driving all around the city i wanted to be able to do something like that that's a really cool idea i, like that idea. I was I was um, actually this maybe not necessarily an opinion, but like maybe a thought or an idea is I wonder how important it's going to be to have in addition to player characters, NPCs guarding and or attacking the caravan and kind of what how that's going to maybe change the gameplay too in your tactics. Um, you know, because definitely I'm, I think player interaction is going to be paramount, but I'm wondering how game changing kind of having NPC guards for the caravan might be in case, you know, you need to initiate a caravan, but you don't have maybe as much gear and you want to add, but you have gold. So you're mm -hmm. wanting to maybe have that extra bit of protection. So how that could change the dynamic of how players attack. I mean, I would like to see some type of, you know, ambush, you know, tactics as well. Um, you know, and kind of going back to the movies too, right, is something where you're like, you've got, you know, a, a roadblock of some sort or somebody's like, oh, I need help. I need X, Y, Z, you know, and then the ambush happens when the caravan stops, right? Or if there's something yeah. you could do to potentially stop or slow the caravan, just so you can kind of gather a force to take it out. So some, some ideas. Hmm. Dig a trench across the road so they can't get through. <laughs> dig, a, dig a ditch and be like, yeah, surpass that. <laughs> Leap that with your horsey carriage, huh? How about unique epic skills or spells? Should there be something rare and ultimately really hard to get, maybe even a finite number? All right, so on this one, here's my feedback specifically. I mean, that's something that's already in the game. 
on that one, right? Yeah, think about order halls, rise to the top of your order, potentially during a node siege or something, you can have a set of skills or a skill that only you can use because you're at the top of your order. There's an example. Um, you know, specific things that tie into being a thief, going to a guild, guild hall or fortress and trying to thieve something. I mean, so I already see like where this is already in the game. What about you guys though? Other things that, you know, you would, you know, in terms of that question, maybe even a finite number. Um, should there even be something rare and ultimately hard to get, like epic skills or spells? Short answer, yeah. Um, yeah. I would just caution that it not be something that turns into a meta, right? That's a must-have kind of power. Yeah. I would prefer that they would lean maybe a little more on the cosmetic side. Um, still something maybe yes. unique, but not necessarily, oh, Hey, if you're not, you know, if you're a, I don't know, a rogue and you haven't gotten to this rank within your thieves guild to get this particular spell, then, you know, your build is trash, right? Yeah. I, I just don't want that yeah. type of scenario, right? So that would be my only, uh, I guess, thought there. But I would like to see something like this in the game. So again, right, as, you know, part of me is definitely the collector too. Yeah. So be really cool to kind of say hey i really want this unique thing and work towards it um but have it be something that's you know unique but not necessarily gameplay i would add to Daedalus where if they would add a special ability to a character it would be something of equal value of that same spell yeah like um they might change it on how it looks or or they would change it um, in a sense of it producing damage or CC together. That would potentially be the equal value uh, of the damage spell, for example. But um, but adding something special from just spells alone would wouldn't be that significant. I would look at also items as well, like getting legendary swords or um, maybe even legendary items for your town for example or guild like let's say if you have a, a magic guild you would have like an item where it takes you to a secret location maybe in the game or something like that it would be very rare for people to see and it doesn't have to be that huge it would be like an ancient library of some sorts <laughs> but, i really like uh, that idea that is really yeah, cool that, oh yeah that's really neat yeah, relics like Brown Rice said in chat. Yeah. Like a legendary <laughs> skill that your mayor can use that amplifies your whole town or yes. node in a in a way and, and it persists until it's destroyed or something. That would be really cool. Yeah. But <laughs> we totally I, I would I would echo what you guys are saying. I, I, I think I like the idea of something obtainable like that, but I agree I think it would need to be a more of a cosmetic upgrade. In terms of skill power, probably a pretty horizontal move, not a not a vertical progression. Great, Basil. I know you saw that. A relic yes, that man. teleports to an island of bunnies, Basil. Look, man, as a gentleman bunny myself, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> <laughs> gentleman bunny myself. Gentleman bunny. Oh man. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, honestly, um, I think that they have so much potential 
uh, for this game. And we could sit here and talk about this all day. I want to hit one last reflection before we wind this one down. Super excited to see what we're going to get for this live stream because, you know, since the December live stream, they were on a break for a while. It's been quieter, obviously, um, because of the fact that they're just, you know, got, got back to the studio. They're back to work again. Um, they're working on the game, trying to get things ready because February they got another uh, closed test and then they move into the upcoming no NDA, you know, play test that'll be coming up in uh, the following months. So hopes for the upcoming live stream. What are some things you really like to see, gentlemen? Content creator program <laughs> announcement. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, I think they mentioned that was they were planning on that for January, but uh, I don't know that that's going to happen. I kind of think maybe they're getting the website redone first and then they're probably going to have something there. But yeah, look forward to that. I think it'd be good to see people, you know, the door kind of opening to to more people, you know, because like right now, like as, tar as far as the content creator program goes, it's not really, it's not really a program. It's, it's not really, I mean, I'm an official content creator, but there's not like any perk really to being one right now. There's not, and people probably like, yeah, but Steven comes on the show. It's like, yeah, well, Steven comes on the show because he's been doing the show for years and he's, he he's like that. He supports the people that support the game. The studio supports the people that support the game. That's not, that's not, uh, I mean, the Golden Feather podcast is a perfect example. Chibi and Viratech, they've been doing theirs for a while, right? You've seen people from the studio on there. They're not official content creators right now. So, you know, that's not determined by whether you are or you aren't. That's determined by the people, like specifically, them choosing to come on because they want to be a part of the community because you're supporting the game and the community. That's the reason. So, you know, just something to think about, man. Like it's uh, I'm, I'm excited because right now I don't really feel like there's that many that are <laughs> official content creators that are actually making content that I even really, you know, you know, Daedalus is here, but there's not really very many people that are doing it that are, that have that tag or whatever. So, yeah, I'd love to see more people that are kind of in that circle and, you know, you know, it'd be really awesome. I'm just excited about there being more, you know, people in the Ashes fam that are making awesome content and supporting the the fam and like super consistent because the consistency isn't something we see a whole lot of. And, you know, I love seeing the people that are. It's just really nice to kind of see, you know, other other beacons of light out there for the game when it's in development like this. It's really nice. So. Yeah. You know, half tilt, you've been making videos lately. Been good to check those out. Um, so with that being said, in terms of talking about content and stuff, yeah. Any final thoughts on the upcoming live stream? I think a few um good points in chat, a date around uh when Alpha One can be purchased from Happy Meal and oh, yeah. uh also i would uh -huh. agree with psychophobic more primary class info i'd like to see another class reveal so Man. those are my kind of yeah. top two Hank should be coming out soon i feel should be yeah we should get our next one soon basil Anything? maybe i would like to see another race question mark <laughs> mm -hmm. like we've seen the dwarves humans technically else but yeah. uh, haven't seen the Tonar, Tonar or the Orcs. Oh, I Did love I to see the them? Orcs, man. Oh, I want to see the Vec. Yeah. I want to yeah. see the Vec, dude. The Vec are the ones I'm like the most stoked about in terms of races, you know, other races. Like they just, 
Yeah, man. They're the star children, man. I'm super stoked. They just don't seem like the orcs you see in most fantasy, man. And they just super intrigued, super intrigued by the Vec. Not going to lie. <laughs> it's very possible if they deliver on the Vec, I won't even be an Empyrean. I'll be a Vec. If they deliver on that, man. If they deliver on the Vec, it's super, super, super possible. You'll see me roll a Vec. <laughs> yeah. Just depends on how the stars align. The world of, well, Ashes of Creation. On that note, friends, let's go ahead and let my companions here, fellow Pathfinders, shout out their domains, where you can find them when they're not hanging out on the show. We'll start Daedalus. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at The Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash The Ashen Herald. And Faisal. You guys can find me on Twitter as Babel108 and on Twitch as Faisal108. <laughs> and Half Tilt. Uh, on Twitter as half underscore tilt, Twitch and YouTube uh, slash half tilt gamer. And friends, I just want to promote going over and dropping a five star review on iTunes. If you have the time, it would be greatly appreciated. It helps with the algorithm over there. Let's uh, let's everybody know that we're a, a legit podcast that people actually like it. So, um, you know, we had a really great, great one we read on the show to begin with. I'd love to see people uh, doing more, more of their like, uh, you know, dropping more comments. And there's a lot of people that haven't haven't dropped one yet or haven't gone and given it a review. So if you can, please make some time and do that. It'd be greatly appreciated. It'd mean a lot. Um, you know, support this uh, the show. Um, if you want to be part of the community, you can join the Greater Discord, which is just discord.gg forward slash simorg s i m u r g h. You can catch us live next week, 5 p.m. CDT for episode 111, which will take place after the Ashes of Creation live stream coming up at the end of this month on the 29th friends and uh even though this might be the end of today's show in closing gotta remind all of you whether you listen you watch us live you catch it on youtube whatever the case might be you contribute you're part of this you're a pathfinder and ashes pathfinder as well and much love to all of you much love to intrepid studios and my fellow companions and pathfinders on the show till next week friends Live your best lives, stay safe, and as always, walk in the light, friends, and we'll see you next time. Have a great one. Have a great week, guys. Good night, everyone.